Hello, my love. Okay, let me do the Hello. Let me do the forms of hi. My name is Aquia Jampy, founder of the British Blacklist. Please introduce yourself and tell me what it is you do. <laughs> Hello, my name is Sean Parks, and I play Xbox. I love football, and I'm an actor in the mangrove uh, right now. Wait, hold on. Okay, so you play Xbox. I don't do these things. Can't do them. Really rubbish at them. What's your game right now? I'm really. I'm not actually not really playing anything right now. <laughs> There's something coming out. Cyberpunk. What? But uh, but no, I'm not really playing anything at the moment. It's it's too busy. It actually, it's just good that you're too busy to play Xbox. So then, yeah, I'm just on the old Xbox. And the what... Xbox. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we've got 15 minutes. But listen, there's people waiting for me online. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. Can't do the COD or all that stuff. I don't. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. What, um, <laughs> what, um, football. What football? Who do you support? Tottenham. What does that mean? Tottenham Hotspur. No, I understand. But I mean, what does that mean? Why Tottenham? Are you from Tottenham? I'm not, I'm from South East London. And you know what it is? Someone asked me when I was like about six years old, what team do you support? And I didn't know. And so in school, what happens is, is people are like, uh, well, you ain't got to, uh, you ain't got a team. Uh. And then I studied and <laughs> believe it or not, the reason why it was Tottenham is because their fans seemed the least racist. And they had quite a few black people in the team at the time, Garth Crooks and, 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 and a couple of others. So the long and the short of it is when I saw Garth Crooks in them and I'm hearing about Millwall, yeah. I'm hearing about Crystal Palace. Yeah, I'm hearing about Arsenal. I don't know about that lot. I'm hearing about whoever else, these London, Wimbledon, kicking yeah. people all over the place. And then I'm hearing about Tottenham. And I'm not hearing too much on those levels. I appreciate that answer. Because when people is like, because I don't like, I don't, I don't care about football. The only time I get involved is when it's the World Cup and I'm going in. So when the Black Stars are playing, then I kind of get excited. Otherwise, I have no clue what's going on. I don't understand it. Lot crazy, but yeah, that's a very worthy um, explanation. So I appreciate that. Makes sense. I'm from South. I'm originally from South. I think we got a couple. We got a couple years between us. So where did you go to school? From 11 to 16, I went to two secondary schools. One in Forest Hill and one in oh. Croydon. Forest Hill was Forest Hill Boys. Okay. And then the one in Croydon was Edenham. That was a mixed school. Very different culture shock. The whole nine yards. It's a very interesting story, but. Uh, that's for another time. That another time. Yeah. Ah, that's interesting because I went to school in Wimbledon. I was a Southie, and Wimbledon was my area. And when you're talking about Wimbledon football, it was that because, like, I don't know who to support Chelsea and whatever the case. It's all racist, but whatever. Were you were you, were you Wimbledon? I went to school in Wimbledon, and then I, so by default, I was a Wimbledon fan. I didn't know what I was talking about. Like I said, no clue. But Wimbledon yeah, yeah. and Chelsea because we had the rumor. Did you have the Chelsea Smilers rumor? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and Chelsea. There was no way, right? You're going to support Chelsea, right? But now I kind of do because my, we've moved to... Oh. I don't know why. And like I said, I don't know anything. I don't know why. Okay, yeah. Fair enough. Whatever. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, yeah. Tottenham, we're not supposed to support Arsenal fans, right? We're not supposed to, Tottenham, because they're the neighbours. We've got There's a rivalry there. Right. But a lot of real Tottenham fans, it's actually Chelsea. I mean, I understand. I, whatever. My cousin's Arsenal. I can't, I can only hate so That's much. Exactly. And this is the part where going back to the, okay, we're going to go into it. This is the part that makes me so sick about football fans. It's like, you hate, like, they're, not you, but in general, there's like, yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. scum fans yeah. of that team. Yeah. Like, they're just yeah. like a football. You, you kick in the football. Yeah, 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 right, right, right. Don't yeah, come on, man. Don't, don't take it too seriously. Yeah. So, I could, I could, because I've had a season ticket, because I'm a proper fan. 
Okay. I've had a se- I've had a season ticket since 1997, Jeez. and I've got a season ticket right now. So I'm invested in Spurs, like for real, for reals. And I could tell you some stories <laughs> about those rivalries that you're talking about right now. When people take it a little bit too seriously, I could tell you some stories. So you're well, absolutely that. right. Yeah, it's it's a bit nuts. And it's like my best cousin. She's amazing, and she loves football. And I don't believe women like football. I'm that. You, women don't like football. They're lying. It's just impressed men. That's my point. Um. But she was like, oh, I hate them. I'm like, okay, calm down, sis. Okay. <laughs> this is not normal. It's abnormal. Let's stop it. So anyway, anyway, okay. I became a huge fan. So it's good to see you because I've never spoken to you apart from the other day. And like from Human Traffic, Character Coop, I love that film because I was raving at that time. So even though- Oh, it was, were you? Yeah, because like- you've never asked for me. No, do you know what? It's true because I'll get onto the reasons why, probably. At the time, I wasn't doing this at the time of- Human traffic. I didn't even know it was going to even be. Oh yeah, no, no. But I mean, but it was like even though it was it wasn't jungle. It was like raving music. I was in I was drum and bass, jungling it up, all that type of stuff. So, but there was a familiarity. So, who yeah. were you back then when you made Human Traffic? Were you in Human Traffic? And what were your expectations of the industry back then? It was like Coca Cola or was it Pepsi? We were the choice of a new generation. Ah, I remember that. <laughs> That's what I used to say, though. I was in a year, I don't want to kind of like do this thing, but it's the truth. I was in a year with people like Andy Lincoln and Steve Mangan. I've known these Mm. people since I was 18 years old. Andy's, you know, these are big dupes now. And there's a lot more people I could talk to who I went to college with uh, Mm. in my teens. So what am I trying to say? We really were. We were going to boss things. We were going to run things, you know, when we left. And that's the, that's the spirit that we came out with. Like, mate, well, we are going to run things. I can't, oh, ooh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll tell you, yeah, it was a bit like that, you know, young, dumb and, and full of it kind of thing. So, yeah. so we had that as an energy and we maintained that for a while. And well, who was I? I was that, to be specific. I was full of life and love for, not the business, but for telling stories. And... Um, yeah, with not a care in the world. I hear that. Uh, because I went to drama college at 18. I left at 21. I don't know if you remember the mindset of a 21-year-old. Uh, I've discovered that a lot of my friends who are in their 40s, 50s now have completely forgotten. And I'm having to remind them what 21 is like when you're making mm. decisions as mm. opposed to 41 or 51. The mind state of a 21-year-old is different. You know, as I, as I say, you, you're full of life and love and, and, and anything could happen. Yeah. Anything probably will happen because I'm going to make it happen. Yeah. Um, and I'm with a load of good friends around me who all make me laugh. And every now and again, I might make them laugh. But the whole point is to be, be around people in environments where at any given moment, you're literally going, <laughs> yeah. You're literally like that, right? That was the whole point of my whole existence. Be around those people. And anyone who came with an energy that wasn't there, our saying was, keep it light, mate. If you're around us, that was our walk right. And again, that's before life turns up and holds you by the lapels, slaps you about a bit. I hear you. I hear you. I I fully hear you. Um, So then fast, way fast forward to small acts. So where had this opportunity met you? And what point of career... Where you at when it's like Steve McQueen's come a knocking and said, actually, young man, could you um, play this icon, this British legendary person that hasn't had a decent story told about him? Where was I mentally and or, yeah, I guess or, or... yeah. Where this hit you? Because I suppose every point you get an you get a script or an opportunity that falls in your lap, and you're at this point of your life, and it could be like everything's great. This is just one of another, or freaking oh, I'm about to quit, or something, something, something. 
Well, you know, being truthful, about seven years ago, my dad had been really very ill for two years and then ended up dying. And it was essentially two years of the drugs that he was taking uh, from, from the, the, you know, the doctors kind of thing yeah. uh, that killed him. So what, what that meant was is that, uh, there, you know, there's a grieving period and then there's a period where you don't want to act anymore because playing someone else on TV, I didn't care yeah. to do that. <laughs> right now, thank you very much. Yeah. You know, that's where I'd been for a while. It was no time to go and pretend to be someone else. So I didn't, for the most part. And you know, that went on for a few years and I discovered bits and bobs about myself. I think I became a better actor in that period because uh, real life, you know, does real things to you. You realize if you're gonna carry on, it better be something yeah. worthwhile. Because if I'm gonna love something again, if I'm gonna commit, I'm going to have to love it. So, you know, and then a few years later, this came along. How did it come along? In the form of an audition, you know, in the form of uh, my agent. Uh, yeah, the, the, the normal kind of process, audition, the special <laughs> kind of like uh, oh, treatment, <laughs> treatment from no, 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 no. I've never been that. I have never, ever, ever been that. But it's probably good that I, I've never, been able to fall back on that because I've had to keep on my toes and it was probably quite good for me individually that I've had to stay on my toes and keep myself on my toes because sometimes maybe left to my own devices. I really 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 hear you because I spoke I literally yesterday I interviewed Rada Blank who did 40 year old version I don't know if you've seen it it's on Netflix it's, it's a very indie black woman story and she's in her 40s and she's just told this story which is very very um on point for women of her age and ilk but in the process of what that story coming to life she lost her mum and in that she's made something that she didn't expect to blow she didn't expect to be as resonant as it has it's just so matching what you're saying about then it's that when you go through something so big the decisions that you make after that and you come through the other side have to be sensible decisions oh, or weighty or whatever makes sense to you so it's not a cerebral thing it's not a i tell you what I tell you what, yeah. it's not that. Mm. It's as simple as you, so Sean, do you want to do that thing? No. Are you sure? No. Well, you know, I mean, it, Sean, I'm not being funny, but if you did, <laughs> yeah, okay. And then you listen, and then at the end, it's like, so what do you think? No, no, I don't. I don't want to do that right now. There's no thinking about it. I don't deserve a pat on the back because it's, it was just, like, no, for the first time, you know what, for me, and again, can't speak for anyone else, for me, it's beautiful when you make decisions from here. Yeah. And you don't even think about it. Mm. That might not be the way daily. Mm. Yeah, you get you. Monthly and yearly. I might not have been like that forever. Yeah. Actually. So as you get older and whatever, I was gonna say wiser, I don't necessarily know we all get wiser, but as, as you get older and you see certain patterns come around again and oh, okay, again, and <laughs> right, I see. Yeah, that's the pattern then. And yeah. you, you notice those things within that, when your conviction changes, you, because you can see what you can see, things that are coming your way, again, this time, you know. I love what you're saying. It's, it's, that's exactly it. So had you known about the Mangrove Nine or Frank Quitchlow before? Or was this just like a whole new... No, it was a whole new thing. But for the fact that Lenora had told me um, like a decade ago about her dad. And we'd had a long old chat about it, at which point I was very 
enthused. See, this is one of those moments. You see, because I've learned to trust the thing within me, and I'm not saying everybody has it, but I've learned to trust the thing in me that, that just goes, ooh, tell me more. And it doesn't happen that often. So when it does happen, I've learned to go with it. See, this was one of those stories that she told me and I thought it really happened, yeah. And, and they won the, 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 the trial, yeah. And they self like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just remember thinking, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, and this is a London story and I always yeah. like to represent the real. I always like to represent stories that have actually happened like human traffic i like to be in those types of things yeah. so since then i've known about it but i didn't know as much about it as i as i do now obviously uh, um, in terms of the way that people responded the way that the court case actually went what it must have done psychologically to frank and um you know and the rest of his friends sat there with althea and, and darkest my goodness i mean these people were forced into this situation and the scenario made them, you know? The scenario created that energy. The, the environment created these activists. They had to exist for balance. They didn't want to be the ones to have to exist to take that through, but they were at that time, you know? I was going to say, because I think I said it in the in the press conference that I feel like it's bittersweet having these things come now. So I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm the average Joe outside. So I'm like, why didn't this happen 10 million years ago? Why are we, why are we just now getting these stories? But in you saying that you'd spoken to Nora 10 years ago, then found out more about it. Was there any sense of irritation that, what the hell haven't, didn't I know about this? And the other stories and the stuff that had come out from the whole Small Act series. I'm trying to make everyone be as irritated as me, but I, I you know. No, no. Okay. Where I come from, I've got the type of mind that needs to understand. If I don't understand, I kind of can't walk forward. It's hard for me to explain what that means, but in studying who I am in this country, what's gone before me, what are people like me doing? What are people like me who were 10 years older than me in this business doing? One of my best friends who I was watching, a black actor when I was 14 years old, what is he doing now? And is he being given the respect that he probably deserves? Well, no. So in studying all of that, and studying the psychology maybe of this country and this business that we call show, it just didn't surprise me that we didn't know about. It ultimately didn't surprise me because I've studied how things go around here. And in terms of like trending stories, there are many stories that have happened throughout the ages that just didn't have this magnifying glass, the media okay. attention, this many people interested. Mm. I mean, I think the world has to be ready for certain stories. That's true. And do I believe the world has been ready for this story before now? On this level? You know what I mean? It's uh, yeah, debatable. Yeah, it is that. It's true. That, that's very true. Was there a moment on set? There had to be a moment on set, but what was your moment on set when you were like looking maybe at Letitia, Malachi, everybody around is like, oh, this is... This is powerful, this is something. Every day, the whole day, every, I mean, the, the, every day, every day there was something. Because mm. every day you saw people caring and every day, every day you, 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 saw, you saw that this was gonna be something no one's seen before. B Black British director directing and writing about his own heritage on the BBC with quality. I saw it every day, I saw it every day. There's Malachi, that dude was in Roots, easy, oh, mate. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's the teacher. I, I played her teacher when she was like about 14 years old or something. Yes. She wasn't. But uh, I played a, I played a tutor or something. Anyway, I did a film with her when she was younger. You know, that girl is like the original Black Panther. She's like a Black Panther and a Black Panther. <laughs> she's like, she's like, you know what I mean? It's crazy. You know, I saw it every single day. You know, I didn't even know Boyega was on it, you know, when we were doing our thing, you know? And the youngins, you know, they all know Danny uh, from Get Out and, yeah. and they all know the younger lot. Now I know the old, I know all the older lot. Yeah, yeah, of course. Right, yeah. I know them all from that time. Yeah. But this younger lot, I don't really know because I'm not out there that much like that. So it was lovely as well to hang around with the younger generation because they are just to hear what they're about and just to feel you know, what they've got about them, you know what I mean? Running around Hollywood. <laughs> hey! You don't, you, know, you don't know you're born, you lot. Yeah. You don't know you're born. <laughs> <laughs> right? But it's thanks to you and your peers, there should be this gen intergenerational relationship between the new the newbies and the people that have come before. But do you feel seen as an actor? Because you've had some great roles in prominent series like Moses Jones, Lost in Space, The Aliens. But I feel like you're a quiet acting icon. Unless... You know, people were like, oh, Sean Parks. Do you feel seen or do you feel like... I don't. I don't feel seen. I don't. Because I don't really put myself out there that much. So yeah. I don't have a problem with that. I'm a notorious... You know what? When I was at school, I'd sit at the back of the class and every now and again, someone maybe like me or you would turn up and talk to us. And I think I said this the other day. I would be at the back of the class, right? And I would either be like looking at them like... And then, and then I'd pick up a rubber and start chucking it at people, right? And whatever else, because you've lost me. You've bored yeah. me, because you're talking too much. And you're talking at me. And yeah, 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 yeah. All right, mate, cheers, mate, see you later, bye-bye. You know, and that's me, because that's how I've always, you know? But those people who just did it, those people who just did it, didn't talk about it, for some reason, someone like me respects those people who just quietly go about their thing and do their thing and get out. I admire that. I admire people like De Niro in the old days and quite a few actors who you never saw when they were younger ever do interviews. Because the point was, my friend, they got it on, they did their thing. See you later. They didn't have to talk it up. So I'm not good at talking myself up. I'm not good at talking anything up. So I'll tell you what I'd rather do, mate. Just give me a role. Give me a role. I'll do it. And then I'll back out. And then, and then I'll let everyone consider. But fortunately for me, because I've been uh, doing this since I was four years old, I didn't have that ideal that said, I'm going to be an actor and I'm going to be a star. Okay. I'm going to be a star. I didn't, I didn't have that. I'm going to follow my nose and do the thing I love and take it seriously. That's what it's been. I don't care who's out there. I don't care who's working more than I am. I don't care who's more famous than me. I don't care who's less famous than me. I, I speak to people on the street today. I don't care who you are. I give you the time of day. You speak to my friends, they'll tell you, I don't care. So I didn't want to be a star. I just wanted to do what I love since four years old. So I'm still doing what I love since four years old. I don't feel the need to be out there. I don't feel the need to have an opinion on Twitter and have, you know, <laughs> 10 or 100 or 1,000 or a million people agree with me equally because I don't care if you agree with me or not because I don't need you to agree with me. Not because I don't respect you. Of course I respect you. I just don't feel the need to beg you to get to understand me because I know that not everybody understands everybody. 
until you really have been with someone and spoken to them. You don't know who anyone is. That's probably keeping your head down. It's that Some people think if you don't talk and you don't do all that stuff, you're not going to get the work. Have you got a struggle story or is it just like you've actually been jobbing and it's been fine? And you haven't had to think like, oh my God, do I actually need to then start being a bit of a starlet because shit's hitting the fan? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, you don't know it all. I've never known it all. You know, so many stories, but it's what's appropriate uh, for you is, is where my brain's at. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but no, I mean, yes. When you want to roll like Frank Critchlow, when you want to roll like Frank and it doesn't turn up. So you do that thing over there, which yeah, feeling, but you'll do it, whatever. But that's not a struggle. Yes, there have been times where your confidence really is rocked maybe, or, or you lose your mojo as, as we were talking about in my recent history. You lose the mojo and you're thinking, ooh, I don't know if I'm gonna get this back because you know them coming at you with some to be some stupid dumb <laughs> role like you know that you're, that's not going to help it's not going to be useful right now so you know they've got to come with something but history has shown me that it's difficult because these roles aren't written so mm, what am i going to do and i know chuatel and i know idris and we've spoken and i, I you know whatever else i know um uh, Eamon walker you know i know david ayelowo i know the, all these cats i know them I mean, I don't know Chiwetel as well as, as, as the others, but, you know, the long and the short of it is, is, um, you know, I know Adrian Lester. I mean, the list goes on, and that's not just me dropping names. You, but know. you know them. They're your peers. We all know each other. We, I know Lenny James. Well, we all know each other. We grew up together. We were going up for the same jobs back in the day. That's why we know yeah. each other. We saw each yeah. other in the room. Easy address. We say drink, cup of tea, you know. <laughs> Tony Armour Trading and some of the names from back in the day, Brian Bavell, I know these dudes. Yes, so yes. when you sit and you study what these dudes have had to do, I don't know Marianne John Baptiste. I don't. I wish I did, but I don't. Marianne John Baptiste was the first person in my acting career that I looked at and thought, oh, if they don't care about you, right? They don't care about you, we're in trouble. Right. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, I do. So that was the first version of me having to use my chest brain and start making moves. I think on the back of what you're saying, this role is one of those ones, pivotal. So in my opinion, pivotal. It's hard to know with COVID. When you bring the rest of the world into play, these are the types of roles I'd love to be playing all the time. That's not going to happen. These roles don't get written all the time. Mm. So what's next? Only, only time will tell. Well, I hope to see you in something fantastic because you're phenomenal. I've been a fan forever. And um, yeah, I just appreciate speaking to you right now. It's an honor. But thank you. Thank you. And yeah, it's been lovely talking to you. And I don't know why we haven't spoken and why you don't care about me. I know, until... right? I'm naughty. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you keep your head down. You don't like interviews, Sean. You don't want to do it. You don't pimp yourself out there, Sean. I, I don't. I, yeah, it's true. <laughs> Well, I know now to drag you out of your little dungeon when I need you, so I will do that. Thank you. Bye, right, mate. In a bit. Take bye, care. bye, bye.